0: On this episode of AV Week, getting to zero carbon emissions in the industry, meeting equity in your hybrid spaces, and VR in AV. All that and more. Next on AV Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: This is AV Week, episode 546, recorded Friday, February 4th, 2022. All together now.
2: Support for AV Nation is brought to you by
1: Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation.
0: This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audio, visual, news, and information. My name is Jamal Blake. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have this week. First and foremost an incredible young lady in the aviation industry. Her name is Corey Schaefer. is with QSC. Welcome,
1: ma'am. Hey, thanks for having me, and I'm excited to be here with these other guys.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Corey is in beautiful uh, Santa Barbara. I am in cold and snowy St. Louis. So that's just, yeah, that, get that out of there. Uh, somebody else who did not also uh, see snow this week, Mike Brown-Sestero. Welcome, sir. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having
3: me. I am an equally beautiful but income tax-free, Las Vegas.
0: <laughs> so that was like, yeah, very nice. So the, the yeah, so somebody who, who doesn't, who also has more income taxes than me. Uh, Akeen Adewale. Akeen is in New Jersey
2: from Barracks. Welcome, sir. I'm in the cold over here.
0: Yes. It's
2: pretty warm today. It's pretty warm today.
0: Relative, though, because Jersey, you guys got hit with the same kind of snow front that we did, too. Yeah, we got about eight inches a few days ago,
2: but it's not so too how bad. How warm
1: is it? Is it six degrees or
2: it's like low forty. It's just raining outside right now. Oh okay. really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you, our our low today is one, right? Oh. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> so
0: I think our I think our high is nine today. So wow. now by, by next week we're we're in the forties and it, it'll be fine and you know. Tim wins. It's not right, Right, definitely. Yeah.
3: I mean, I mean, we're we're currently sunny in 49 and headed towards 57. So
0: which means people in Vegas have hoodies on. Yes.
3: Yeah. I got the fire going right now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. That's enough of our our, our, our weather talk today. Although I, I I saw something on Tuesday or Wednesday. This storm that hit a like, and I hit like 30 percent of, of the U.S. Something like, you know, 30. You know, it, was, it was like 100 million people. 22 states. It was it, from, from New Mexico all the way up to, to Maine, apparently, is, is what is, it was, was this week. So, yeah, quite, a, quite interesting. So, all right. <laughs> um, that's your weather talk for today. Uh, today's top story comes to us from our friends who are at My Tech Decisions. Logitech's Right Site 2 helps hybrid meetings, uh, create hybrid meetings that are more equitable for remote workers. Equitable meetings has, is one of those things that is keeps coming up and we keep talking about because as workers go back into the office, there are still some that are not going to go, or you're going to go on a different schedule of the whole hybrid working. And one of the things, according to this article, um, says that the Right site 2 which is compatible with Logitech's uh, major, their, their cloud-based uh, video conferencing partners, it uses audio and video intelligence to detect placement and voices of in-room participants, and then leverages the two-camera system uh, in the company's rally bar uh, to produce a speaker view, meaning that it will bounce back and forth uh, with whoever is is talking uh, and, and kind of zoom in and give you a, a, a close-up of, of whoever's speaking. I've seen this a couple different other places that that have um, that tried to zoom in on things or zoom in on on a specific area. Uh, If you're looking at a a conference table and someone brings out a physical object, there are are, um, systems that will go out there and they'll zoom in on the object. If you're doing this, that, and the other. Um, Corey, I want to start with you on this. Equitable meetings is, you know, uh, an area where we're trying to make this easy. We're trying to make it... um, Interactive. We're also trying to bring in the hybrid worker because whether you're one person in a conference room or you're 10, those 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 remote folks kind of kind of kind of be brought in. Whether it's camera technology or audio technology, how are we best able to do that?
1: Actually, I think it's with both, and I think and we're seeing Polly and Logi and others work on that camera side, and then we're seeing you know a lot of uh, us audio companies or traditional audio companies. Uh, Focus on the audio. You know, having the camera follow who's talking. I think uh, this is a huge topic among the platform companies, whether it be Google, Zoom, uh, or Teams because we're, again like even how we're recording today we all have our own little square everything's equal but the moment we then scan and we're noticing it with QSC with people coming back to the office and somebody talking and it's just you just see this big room shot and it's just hard to stay engaged you know and then think about the rooms when people are coming back they're going to use spaces like the uh, flex spaces, the, div- the rooms that open up to be divisible so people can still socially distance if needed, you know, et cetera. And we need it more than ever there because we've got these, these larger canvases, so to speak, that we're looking you know, through when you're the remote party. So you know, it used to be, um, I think, being remote Uh, You uh, didn't have the same equity as those in the actual room. And now we're seeing this quick reverse. And think about it from the higher ed perspective as well. You know, you've got these large auditoriums, and the cool part about higher ed is this interaction that happens and being able to have the camera focus on the person that's speaking, regardless of room size. Uh, it's it's just what everybody's talking about. All Microsoft Zoom, all those guys, they're also offering more video feeds now uh, in their new releases. You know, so it used to be one USB camera. Now they're two and three. So it's uh, definitely top of mind.
0: Well, in addition, and can you bring you in on this as, as a designer and engineer for these systems, in addition to that, you've also got NDA, um, not NDA. Um, cloud oh, where the... NDI. thank you ndi yeah, yeah. Oh, lord that was very nice in, in stereo <laughs> the, the NDI systems that you can bring into these video conferencing codecs as well right so you've got a USB option mm-hmm. but you've also got NDI options as well a keen take a look at this from from the engineering standpoint and you've either got existing systems that you've got to kind of augment now and you've got to add to or you've got you know brand new ones but meeting mm-hmm. equity and, and and making sure that that your clients um, employees are all kind of Feeling the togetherness and
2: and, the, and, right. and you know getting getting together. How do you do that? I mean, well, just from a, a design thinking sort of standpoint. I mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean, the, at the end of the day, it's really about you having context when you're in these different meetings. Um, and I definitely think that that's something that even with me joining calls remotely, that I would like to see more of. If everybody's in the conference room, how can I like fully participate? And so. It, it just makes perfect sense um, to be able to have, you know, the expressiveness and the nuances of somebody's face, you know, why when it gets zoomed in on, but at the same time being able to see the entire room itself, uh, just so you can give it context. You know, it's just more information. It allows you to be I mean, more of a participant. It gives you more ownership in the actual meeting itself. Um, so, um, you know, and, and as far as the actual, you know, the technology is concerned, um, you know, in terms of. Uh, having just more sources available. Um, you know, I don't, I don't believe that like Logitech, uh, maybe QSC does has, um, you know, the ability to, to bring in like an NDI feed from somewhere else. Um, you know, I mean, that's great to be able to kind of have that additional flexibility with being able to do that. Uh, but again, I think the, the main thing is just what's the experience that people kind of walk away from when they're in that meeting. And I think by having that sort of picture in picture view, as well as being able to get that, you know, nonverbal communication with the way that people are, 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 you know, expressing themselves, you know, um, with their faces, I think, uh, is really what ultimately makes a difference.
1: And just to chime in on that, you know, too, because we've all been working remotely now for a couple of years, we're pulling, we're seeing people pull in other things to engage, you know, so you're able to see, with front row and smart gallery people, you can see the chat, you can see documents over here, you know, and then the video following the person speaking, you know, so pulling it all of those elements into the conference room. And then also on the far end as well.
0: Mike, I was in, I've been in your your fair city a couple of times um, in in already this year. One of them was for CES uh, and Canon of all folks had another uh, technology out there that took a, a, a 4K image, 4K camera, split it up into, I believe it was up to four different streams of the room. And one of them was taking a shot of the whiteboard, right? So that was a stream. Again, you you feel like these these companies are coming out. You you, you feel like you're in the room, right? You're, you're able to, to kind of, you know, bring other elements like, like Corey said. So is this, you know, when you're talking to clients, are, are you leaning more on technology? Are you leaning more on, on cloud-based? Are you leaning more on the kind of the hardware side, right? Or is it kind of combination of all of it?
3: Uh, well, and it depends a little bit on the, the nature of the client, too. So we've recently done uh, – we're actually in the middle of the second one, uh, uh, an executive boardroom um, for a large organization, and it's a large room. The table is 28 feet long, Um so we purposely, in, in organizations like that, quite often when we're using a PTZ camera, we will have some camera settings uh, that are you know, the far end of the table, kind of halfway up the table, and then the whole table, and where a lot of executives find that useful is in being able to zoom in to the far end of the table, so it's just them or maybe two or three people on this call, and just out of camera's view is perhaps a PR person or perhaps a corporate attorney who is counseling them on, you know, off camera, quietly on what to say, what not to say, how to say things or, you know, what have you. Um, So meeting equity, as Corey pointed out, is, is really interesting right now because it has flipped, right? I'm sitting here in my home office. I've got, I think, I've got a Logitech camera, I've got a clamp light I got off of Amazon, I've got an LED bulb over here as my key light that's in an existing wall sconce with a a, a pie pan uh, liner as my frost filter, um, and I've got a Shure MV51, so I'm probably, I think I'm probably in this about $200 maybe, and I... I know I look better than a lot of meeting rooms and classrooms and stuff, and, and and not for lack of trying. Those rooms just get bigger, so the variables matter more, and there might be even more variables, right? So Logitech's Right site, I think is is super clever, and could be super useful in creating some of that meeting equity where you really make the feel the, the person at home or you know working remotely from a field office feel like they're in the main room. But I also wonder. How controllable and or defeatable is that feature? Because there might be people who don't want the whole room showing at any given time. I did not see the technology you were speaking of that you saw at uh, CES, but I did see a quick blurb on it online, and I think that's really a way to go where you can, in settings, set up this target, that target, and of course with a 4K camera, you've got four, you know, if you quad it, you've got four 1080 uh, uh, sectors there. Um, I think that's that's definitely the way to go. And some of it might even be influenced, and at least here in Vegas. I see a lot of people who expect their uh, corporate executives, I should say, a lot of corporate executives who expect their boardroom, and now we're starting to see some some of them wanting it directly in their office, a system that is comparable in features and malleability and polish as... What they get when they hire a pro video crew to do like a, you know, a promo video for the corporate world or something like that. Yeah. So I think I think these worlds are all converging. And I think now, you know, as, as, as Corey pointed out with the with the flip and meeting equity, the consumer world is causing the at at work world to have to kind of raise their game, so to speak.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to just throw in one other thing that we're seeing and it's, it's on the audio side. It's super cool. You know how we're doing a meeting like this and we have these hybrid meetings. And so we, we have the cameras using AI and audio, etc., to adjust. But we're also seeing now the request to make meetings even more fun with the interactions that you get with the emojis and things like that. So when somebody does the applause rather than just have that come on the screen, but rather have it come out of the back speakers in the room and have it be somewhat, you know, immersive and a little bit more fun when you're actually on site. Um, so we're getting requests like this from, you know, all angles, audio, video, control. It, it's it's great to see.
3: Are you saying that we now have canned laugh tracks for corporate meetings? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Not not laugh tracks. Applause tracks. Applause <laughs> tracks. Well yeah. Well because if we had laugh yeah. track, my morning meeting that's it's half dad jokes now at this point would be a horrible experience. Just half? <laughs> well, it's, it, we do try to get work done, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, you, you brought up something, and I, I want to explore this probably offline, and, and I, my, my, I might go down this road, and that's the ability to turn off the, the, the functionality of equity, right? Turn off the ability for the remote folks to feel like they're in that room. And I think that's fascinating. It's something I, I want to kind of explore because there's privacy concerns there, Right. Uh, But there's also governance concerns there, right? So if we're having a board meeting or having a board of directors meeting, the ability to do that may be wanted. But from a governor's standpoint, like an SEC standpoint, you might be able to do that. So it's a whole other thing. So, uh, all right, our our friends over at Avian Network, uh, we're doing another event with them called Avian 2 the first week of April. I'll have Mitchell throw the the link in on that. Uh, They uh, write up a piece here about BizRT and BBC Sports. They're preparing a, a VR experience for the Olympics, the Beijing uh, 2022 um, Winter Olympics that are actually just kicking off now as we're as we're recording this on, on Friday the 4th. Um, interesting uh, setup here, though, because they're, they're, they're using the uh, the Unreal Engine 4, uh, which is incredibly um, powerful um, uh, VR engine, uh, as well as VR, uh, VizRT's Fusion Keyer. Um, Keen, I'm going to start with you on this this leads me to a, a question that i've had this with a young lady that, that hosts actually a vr show for, for av nation uh called xr star uh, amelia coleman amelia is a, a futurist she does a lot of work with um uh, with av magazine over in in london she's got a couple sessions at isc uh happening in may and it's an overarching question kind of for all three of you but i can i'll start with you where does where does vr currently sit when it comes to av and and not to get too ahead of ourselves, because COVID's taught me one thing, you can't do a five-year plan. But maybe where is it in a year? Maybe even two years if you want to stretch that far. But where are we
2: now and, and where are we going? Uh, well, you know, I've been talking about like VR and AR and mixed reality for the last couple of years now. I, just, I, I really see that there's a lot of promise in terms of you know, what we can do to leverage all of the different components that are incorporated into say the metaverse, web 3.0, like there are some, there are some key software packages, like you mentioned, Unreal Engine, Unity is another real-time rendering engine um, that we can utilize today to really help us design better, um, to help our clients sign on the dotted line. Um, you know, I think in particular, uh, when it comes to uh, pre-visualization and simulation, um, there are some really, I think, amazing opportunities to develop some applications that would really allow clients to really know what it is that they're getting before they actually have it in hand. Um, and what's really cool about it is that all of these technologies are free right now. You can download Unreal Engine for free. You can, you know, put it on a machine, you know, that maybe you'll have to spend a few dollars to have a machine that can support it in the real-time graphics, you know, anywhere from maybe $1,000 to $3,000, or you can even do it on your laptop, you know. so. Um, I find that, that that's where the value actually lie. And I think um, if we're talking about VR specifically, um, you know, that you don't even necessarily have to do VR. You can use these these applications. You could do something that's on a 2D screen. You could do it with goggles on if you wanted to. Um, but uh, I think there's a real opportunity. There's not too many integrators that I see that's doing it. Um, there's maybe just one that, that I've seen that's um, that's actually using VR in this way. But I think we can kind of take... take um you know a lesson from what's happening in an in industry that is right alongside of us that's the architectural engineering and construction industry they use unreal engine you know they're using you know twin motion you know to do these architectural visuals with you know people and lighting and shadows and it's really convincing it's photo real i mean it looks amazing um and it doesn't really take much from an investment standpoint for us to start learning how to utilize these tools So i think i think what it comes down to is to being a, a bit more innovative i think um you know we might be stuck a little bit in terms of the idea of what vr is supposed to be and and you know going back to lawnmower man back in the in the in the, in the 90s that's like, what vr was lawnmower man you know? holy cow oh, it's a good movie right it's a oh, good movie, awesome movie. <laughs> so you know it's it's something that i think that if we just kind of stop for a second and, and look at how we can apply it to i mean literally today you know i don't think it's necessarily something of one year from now um, and again, just take a chapter, you know, you know, take a chapter out the book of what a lot of our, um, you know, our colleagues are doing in, in industries that we work with on a regular basis, interior design, architecture, um, you name it. So,
1: I, I'm just going to jump in. I mean, I, I totally agree. And I think the benef- the benefactor to the end the customer is so promising, and you think about it's just reapp uh, it's just reapplying your time in working with these customers because often a large end user is going to want a proof of concept. This is you know this is a way to really shorten that time and for them to sell it inside as well. You know, I mean, I just I think it holds a lot of promise.
3: I agree, and I think the interesting thing coming down the pike and sort of what I'm hoping to see, although I don't know because there's a lot of different parties involved. But you take something like what VizRT has done, which is kind of the democratization of the technology we all read about, what they were using for Mandalorian, which on on, on movie scale, Mandalorian was made very cost-effectively, right? So for if you're a big video or, or movie production house, then, you know, investing... A few million dollars in a LED set and some very special software, you know, that's much better than flying all around the world looking for all these remote and exotic looking locations. But now we take VizRT and they're doing it kind of under the hood with a green screen um, studio, essentially, and that can bring it to more people. Now, what I'd love to see, in, to, to Corey's point, about customers Uh, this is me wearing my integrator hat at the moment um you know 20 years ago to 15 years ago we were we were all about cad and then bim was coming out and people started doing building modeling and now there's occasionally we'll see projects uh where we have to bim it's not even an option you have to bim cad not accepted or cad only accepted for reference purposes final has to be bim can we get to a point where someone puts out a software package that does a visualization similar to what vizrt is doing and produces cad and bim all in one shot so i don't have to have three people working on these three different platforms to create the same end result that would be that would be pretty impressive
2: and i I think that you know what you're alluding to is is definitely attainable Um, you know, I've seen, you know, and I've, I've worked and played with Unreal Engine myself, and what you can do is, is really limitless in terms of what you can do with the visual scripting that's in blueprints. Um, you mentioned democratization and, you know, I, I think that's the perfect word, uh, to use when talking about some of these technologies, you know, even a company like Unity, which is Unreal Engine's kind of competitor, they just recently bought, um, Weta Digital and Weta Digital has done visual effects for lord of the rings they've done visual effects for alita battlefield um or what our, our, our alita what is it angel alita angel what is it called um you know what i'm talking yeah. about yeah. um so many different movies so many different films and all of these tools now are going to become available within the unity engine they just bought the mech back in december so they're, they're really trying to give people the power to be able to create these simulations and these visualizations and be able to utilize them in a way that's really going to allow them to just uh, go off the rails with, in terms of their creativity, to go off the rails in terms of being able to, um, you know, do things better with humanity. You know, a lot of these technologies are being used, being used in healthcare. A lot of them are being used in education. A lot of them are being used for training simulations and so forth. So, um, likewise with AV, I think we definitely have our place in space and can utilize these tools and these platforms as well. Absolutely. Really
0: quickly, I can. Do you, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the episodes... Okay, King's also an incredible um, uh, videographer, photographer, director of photography, and editor. And, and he has a, a YouTube channel that I, I subscribe to and I, and, I, and I like. Did you not use Unreal Engine for one of those episodes to, to kind of recreate and almost restructure a couple of movie scenes?
2: I I did use Unreal Engine for one of the last videos that I had put out. The one before that I was using Maya. Okay to okay. kind of recreate i think it was from um what movie was it was it arrival uh, Is it, you used Maya? For arrival. arrival yeah it okay. was arrival yeah so that was just kind of like using maya itself and using the rendering of, from maya to actually kind of create those scenes but then i did something separate which was actually all done inside of unreal engine
0: okay all right yeah i mean the the, the software itself, I mean, here's the thing i'm old enough to remember 20 years ago there was a video game called unreal right and that's kind of where this came from it was a kind of a first-person shooter it was online it was anyhow. You um
2: but that's where this kind of came from and, and that was probably unreal 1.0 or dot five or something you know yeah i think tom tom's tom sweeney i think is uh, for epic games he's the yes. one uh um, i know he's a ceo but i think yeah he was the one who actually kind of put that together that was like the late 90s i think yeah. it was maybe yeah. or something yeah yeah, yeah. And, and now my kid
0: plays fortnite on the same you know engine so, same guy lives in his parents' basement in North Carolina, I think. Uh, not really. Don't. He's going to sue me now. All right. Uh, <laughs> last story. Uh, from our website, Zilliqa commits to net zero carbon emissions. Very interesting. Uh, Zilliqa announced this week uh, that its commitment to decrease carbon emissions throughout its business to net zero and achieve climate neutral certific- certified status. Um, Mike, I'm going to start with you on this. Mike does a couple of different things in uh, in his life and in his world. One is Cavalow. It's a trade show. Uh, he's got another one coming up in May in, in Nashville. We'll talk about that in a second. So from that side or from the integrator integrators side, it is environmental advocacy or environmental efficacy or you know the net zero drive. Is that something that you, you hear a lot about either from your customers and your clients on the integration side or from your customers and clients on, on the trade show side that are looking to do the same thing um on the manufacturers
3: yeah not as much on the cavlo side as an integrator um it has calmed down a little bit a few years ago it was quite the buzzword because folks were chasing lead status mm. okay. platinum yeah. or gold or silver or whatever and when they're looking for points uh they're looking to find them anywhere they can um and uh you know there's a little bit we can do with audio, amplifiers being more efficient than traditional. there's a little bit we can do with video. but generally speaking the 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 overall impact the, the AV footprint of an entire building is relatively very small. Uh, True. a lot of the other systems and components of a building that are have a much more even outsized impact on their lead status so we don't hear it that much anymore because even the ones where we did a little bit of cursory work the um, the, the building owner or the or the tenant lost interest because it was just such a small amount that it, it really it, it wasn't something they were going to focus on I did find it interesting uh, and I when I saw this article I I do, I don't know much about offsetting carbon and, and, you know, getting credits and net zero and how do you actually calculate that? So I, I just started doing a little digging around and, and I'm not that much more educated now than I was before then. Um, but I was, it, it seems to be that Zilliqa is the only company, um, that is making this push, at least in the LED, you know, manufacturing world. So uh, I am I'm super curious to find out. Is it because it's that difficult? Is it because they just decided they were going to be the first? Is it because again, it's, it's you know it's a relatively insignificant thing to do. I don't know. I honestly just don't know. Um, but it is now in my mind, which is I'm sure something Zillica counted on. And if I have a client with whom I'm doing. Some sort of video wall project, and they're looking for you know we want to offset, we want net zero or net minimum or you know net low, whatever the case may be. It's it worked, right? So how you know I'm not a climate or 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 or, or you know any kind of expert in this in this matter, uh, so I couldn't tell you how effective they are being or how big a deal it really is. But if nothing else, if all they accomplished. Uh, it was to let people know that they're making strides towards that. Kudos to them.
0: Yeah. Corey, I, I have a couple of, of colleagues that I've, I've met throughout the, the years that have done this in, in smaller ways, right? Or at least internally in their manufacturing uh, places um, without a whole lot of, of, of fanfare without, and, and, and without a whole lot of, of traction. Uh, and there are some folks that are looking at things like packaging, right? And how we package AV gear. Uh, and let's be honest. So 30 years ago, there was a whole lot of styrofoam and plastic, um, and now not so much, right? More more cardboard and things that, that are recyclable. Um, but you know, same kind of question that that to, to Mike on on for you in QSC. Are you hearing that? You know, are you getting a pull from your clients or even from their clients?
1: I mean, it comes up certainly, and I think the the more it comes up, the more we all have to begin thinking about it. Because even if it is small, we keep adding small and small and small, we start to see real effects. I think. So um, it, it, we're looking at it in in certainly in all areas. You know, Tim, to your you know packaging. to, I mean, just kind of all all of that certainly. But at the end of the day, um, if uh, if cost is a factor, it quickly goes out the window, right? So it's like, it, it may be of interest initially, and then, and then soon as somebody, if there's a cost associated to it, it's, you know, the, con- the concerns tend to, get to dwindle, you know, on that. So it's like, I think we're just not 100% there yet, you know, but I think that anything, all of us in the industry should be thinking about um, sustainability, the environment and all of those things. I mean, we've seen tremendous, you know, waste, um, and um, you know, from customers you know, not saving the boxes. I mean, just, there's all these things and yeah, they're small, but we, we need to begin thinking about every small change that we can do.
2: It's unfortunate that cost sometimes comes into the picture for these things, because I think that Excelka was just really just making a statement more than anything else. You know, like Mike was saying, like the footprint is really, really small. But I don't think you always necessarily need a business case to do the right thing. Yep. You know, um, sometimes you can just make it part of your mission. Like this is something that we're going to do because we believe in it. And it's the
1: right thing to do.
2: It's the right thing to do. And then I think often, oftentimes, we'll have people who will follow you because you're doing the right thing, not necessarily because your product is necessarily any better or because it's cheaper or whatever the case might be, but because you align with their principles and their values, you know, in terms of humanity, in terms of the client, uh, in terms of the climate and so forth. So, um, yeah, I think I, I think that Exilica is just making a statement. They're saying, hey, this is important to us. This is part of our, our mission as an organization, um, and this is how we're doing all, our small part, you know, and everybody can kind of figure out what their small part in the AV industry can look like.
0: All right, uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you all so much. Corey Schaefer, thank you, ma'am. Uh, how do people connect with you or uh, QSC?
1: So uh, QSC.com, and you can find me on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn as Corey Schaefer.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, Adawali from Barracks. Thank you, sir.
2: My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Tim. Um, you can find me at my full name, Akintayo Adewali. Um, that's my handle for pretty much pretty much everything. Um, and then you can also check out my channel at becomingdope.com.
0: Yes. You should totally do that, and and the, the, the two VR that we talked about is on there as well. So, uh, Mike, thank you, sir. Uh, have a pleasure. people let, let, Let's let's talk about Cavalo. Uh You've got I mentioned the fact you've got an event coming up in Nashville uh, in the middle of May. So, talk about that and how people connect with that, and and maybe some other places you might be going this year.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, CAVLO is a little regional pro AVL trade show that I created in 2020. It debuted last spring in Vegas. Thank you, QSE, for being an exhibitor. Uh, then went to Texas last fall, and our next stop will be Nashville, May 11th. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a trade show. Booths and discussion panels and all of your favorite AV tweeps hanging around and finally seeing each other after two years of, of nothing but at home. Uh, and you can find out more about it at cavlo.tech. You'll find me on LinkedIn just by my name, Mike Brown Cestero. And on Twitter, Vegas underscore A.V. underscore Ace.
0: Uh, very good. Uh, for me, for Tim Albright, don't follow me on the Twitters because I'm still complaining about the Bears uh, and their hires. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, that and, and go Browns because anybody that's going to play the Rams. Um, so I'm from St. Louis. Don't Don't even at me, but, you know, all I got. Uh go by the website if you would, please. Aviation.tv. That's avnation.tv You'll find this program and a host of others, including our other weekly, uh Resi Week, hosted by my buddy Matt Scott, and a number of, of uh monthlies that look at different aspects of the industry. By the time you hear this, um we will have already or we already announced uh, our winners of the annual Aviation Reader's Choice Awards. Uh so congratulations to all the winners there. Um and uh it'll be another few months before we have to do that again so i'm very thankful about that but no thanks everybody for for voting uh the last month um and uh and everybody that all the winners and everybody so uh, check all that out and more at avianation.tv at avianation.tv thanks so much for listening thanks so much for watching that's all the time we have for a b week